watching closely. Since the mid-1950s, it has been the goal of many a film critic to look at a director and seek out recurring themes and techniques in their work. The idea being that the more constant the subjects and style, the more instantly recognisable the film is as a work of that director. In other words, if you took the credits off the film, you could still know from the shooting and editing patterns, as well as the persistent topics that they were directed by the same person. It is a compelling argument, and one that has sustained the careers of many directors. For instance, Tim Burton's dark fairy tales, Quentin Tarantino's pop culture, and Michael Bay's marauding machines. Some men just want to watch the world burn. But for Christopher Nolan, I wonder whether there are that many instances where he can find similarities in his work. That is, of course, besides the big budgets, the big stars, and the big action sequences. Making something disappear isn't enough. You have to bring it back. If you put the credits back on the films, you will see that Nolan works with the same crew again and again. Every single one of his eight feature films has either been executive produced, associate produced, co-produced, or outright produced by his wife, Emma Thomas. Together, they have also produced four children. I thought my jokes were bad. In addition to that, Nolan has written the scripts for four of his films with his brother, Jonathan. And since his first film in the United States, Memento, Nolan has worked exclusively with the same cinematographer, Walid Pfister. Lee Smith has served as editor since Nolan's fourth film, Batman Begins. And the same goes for composer Hans Zimmer. Nathan Crowley has been production designer since Nolan's third film, Insomnia, and sound designer Richard King has not only worked on Nolan's last four pictures, he has won two Oscars for his efforts. Wally Pfister also received an Academy Award for his work on Inception. But besides that, what, if anything, do Nolan's films have in common? On the surface, not all that much, but I believe if you go underneath the thrilling special effects and spectacular set pieces, you will find some strong similarities. Let me ask you a question. You, you never really remember the beginning of a dream, do you? You always wind up right in the middle of what's going on. I guess, yeah. So how did we end up here? Listening to Nolan in conversation, he comes across as a very serious, but also very curious fellow. I don't mean curious as in strange. I mean he is very interested in a wide variety of subjects. And I think the best one to start with is Nolan's interest in time. His first film, Following, is told in flashback and uses multi-layered narratives to bind and unravel the plot. Memento runs backwards. The prestige is told inside out. Neither Batman Begins nor The Dark Knight Rises are chronological. Inception presents time as purely subjective. And so far, his only stories to be told straight are The Dark Knight and Insomnia. And even then, Will Dormer has trouble reading his own watch. It's 10 o'clock, Detective Dormer. You bet. At night. Oh. So when does it get dark around here? Uh, it doesn't. <laughs> Not this time of year. Yeah, I heard about that. Another thing that may catch your attention is Nolan's unusual aversion to technology. If you look carefully at, say, Inception, you will notice that for all the mind-bending efforts to penetrate the subconscious, 
there are next to no computers on display in the film. Consider, for example, how another filmmaker would approach any of the scenes where Ariadne explains the mechanics of dreamscaping. Michael Bay, J.J. Abrams, James Cameron and the Wachowskis. They would all fill the frame with slick and sleek computer screens, each one showing graphs and charts and heartbeats, tracking the health and mind state of the protagonists. Not Nolan. Now look at how Nolan treats the forensics in his detective thriller, Insomnia. and then compare it to the way the TV series CSI presents its forensics. I know that Insomnia is set in very remote Alaska, but believe me, if directors want to visually spice up a scene, there are a whole host of ways and excuses for them to do so. Again, not Nolan. Similarly, he won't shoot on digital cameras and doesn't like 3D. And although not a hard and fast rule, Mobile phones don't seem to figure all that prominently either. Instead, Nolan chooses to resort to the sort of telecommunications that James Bond used in the 1960s. Are you watching closely? However, all that is certain to change with his next picture, Interstellar. As the title suggests, it is set in outer space. But then again, not everything will change. The plot concerns the discovery of a wormhole through which a group of explorers travel. So there is sure to be lots of shifts in time. The movie won't be out until this time next year. But if you're lucky, you might discover a wormhole and, or maybe you won't need a wormhole. You just use one of those large teletransportation contraptions Hugh Jackman used in The Prestige. But you'll have to travel back to the end of the 19th century to find one. So, what attracts Nolan to time as a theme? He cites several sources, specifically Waterland, Graham Swift's 1983 Booker Prize nominated novel that Nolan read when he was a teenager. Waterland concerns an emotionally distressed schoolteacher who, hoping to make sense of his own life, tells his students stories of his family's history going back three generations. Swift's book examines the bearing history has on the present and the future. As far as cinema goes, Nolan regularly name checks two Nicholas Rogue films. First, from 1970, Performance, in which Mick Jagger plays a reclusive rock star holed up in his London mansion, into which stumbles a very violent gangster looking to escape his enemies. Then, from 1975, there is The Man Who Fell to Earth, in which David Bowie played an interstellar traveller who comes to Earth to gather water for his dying planet. Both movies plasticate their times by way of elliptical editing. But Nolan's favourite film is the modern sci-fi classic Blade Runner. <laughs> And if we care to compare the look of Nolan's films to Ridley Scott's dystopian vision of the future, we may find something else of interest. 
Scott's picture is a landmark for many reasons, not least of which is its depiction of urbanity. I'm talking about architecture. Bruce Wayne's entire life is informed by architecture. His house is more of a fortress and he uses buildings as devices for transportation and defence. In fact, Nolan himself, speaking at WonderCon in 2010, stated that he has always been interested in the first of the arts. But really, his interest in architecture is not just the design, function and materials used to construct a building. His interest in architecture really reflects his fascination with the architecture of the mind. Look carefully at following and there is a strong sense that the city is a maze that serves as a metaphor for the minds of the characters. Likewise, the motel in Memento. And in Inception, we repeatedly see entire metropolises being created and destroyed within the landscapes of the minds of the characters. What I'm suggesting is that Nolan presents the mind as its own trap. I have to believe in a world outside my own mind. I have to believe that my actions still have meaning, even if I can't remember them. I have to believe that when my eyes are closed, the world's still there. Do I believe the world's still there? Is it still out there? In Memento, Lenny Shelby suffers from short-term memory loss. In Insomnia, Detective Dormer is unable to sleep. And in Inception, well, I think that speaks for itself. But before I go too far into this analysis, I must admit that just because Nolan's films hold some similarities does not mean that there cannot be greater differences and anomalies. Are you watching closely? I think that as his career progresses, that the Dark Knight trilogy will come to be viewed as the exception to his resume. Remember, Nolan is only 43 and has directed but eight feature films. His next picture, Interstellar, could blow everything I've just said wide open. After all, it is about wormholes. Wormholes.